0: Hello, good evening, and welcome to The Game Is About Glory. I'm your host, Steph, and joining me tonight are Gareth, Ricky,
1: and Milo. Hello, gentlemen. Hello, Steph. Evening, Steph.
0: In the jungle, the mighty jungle, our bodies squeak tonight. Yes, indeed. The countdown is really on now, or should we say the Conte down? Because with four games left... Tottenham Hotspur's Champions League ambitions remain in our own hands after the weekend's games. That is still a fact and we stick to it until it is, and we will stick to it until it is otherwise disproven. Of course, that fact offers no context whatsoever to what is one of the most thrilling top four races you're ever likely to see between our good and virtuous selves and those merchants of miscreant filth from south of the river, the Woolwich Wanderers. This week was very much a case of anything you can do, we can do too, albeit those present at the Citadel of Glory, witnessed one of the goals of the season, whereas those at Stratford saw Scruff and Puff. We will discuss all the talking points and a few other things from our 3-1 win over Leicester, and we will then allow ourselves a top-to-squeaky-bottom analysis of where we, your The Game Is About Glory team, are sitting in terms of nerves and expectations. It will be raw and it will be honest – but first of all, as usual, we start with our intro question, and chaps, this week, I would like to know, you can go out for a meal with any Spurs player, and who are you going to choose, Milo?
1: What's the rules? What's the rules? Current squad. I'm not past or present, like a live no, current squad. It's current squad.
0: Okay. All right, well, t- so Milo has just clarified it is of the current squad, so, but he's oh, going oh. first. <laughs>
2: I was just going to say, Steph, before we before that clarification, the che- rules check. Um, if I'd known you were going to sing the lion sleeps sleep tonight, I would have started off with a um away, um away for you. Um, but- <laughs> well,
0: you can do that at the end when we say we need to win away and win away and win away. I <laughs> <laughs> can do that <laughs> for <laughs> Liverpool, you see. <laughs> anyway, and you'll have anyway, your chance. And- anyway,
2: <laughs> I'm not sure if you remember last summer when Romero joined. There, were, I think it was Larice through a barbecue for him and. Um, I think Reggie was there. I think Lacelso was there. I'm not sure who else, but it, it, it looked really good. So I'm going around um, round captain the captains for a barbecue.
0: Hugo Larice, Argentinian barbecue. That's what mm-hmm. you're. That, but and he's he's providing the dinner.
2: I think that's what he did for, you know, if it's good enough for, for Romero, if it's good enough for Cutie, it's good enough for me. Would you bring a
0: bottle? Would you bring a Malbec or would you bring a French, yeah.
1: a French Burgundy? What would you bring? It could be the Argentinian steaks in it, so.
2: I go around Hugo's, I'll, I'll take a bottle of French wine, even, even if it is Argentinian barbecue. Mm very interesting. i would bring a
0: bottle of each personally and, cut my, and, and, you know, be diplomatic. But that's me and it's not my <laughs> dinner, is it? But Gareth, it will be your dinner. With your player of choice.
3: Well, um, and I, I did want to ask Eric Dyer for dinner, but he told me he already had a dinner date with you, so I won't take that away. From <laughs> Absolutely
0: you. nailed on. You're correct, but I will. But I'm, I'm sure he will share. He's 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 got enough intelligence and charm and wit to to share and have another dinner date with you, Gareth. So you know he can have two dinner dates in a week if you would like to go with him.
3: Yeah, well, I, I, yeah, I've, I've moved on from him. So, I mean, I've got very, very basic food tastes. That's indeed, my whole cultural outlook is, is is very, very basic. So it perhaps suits me to go for dinner with a 19-year-old who'd be happy to go for a pizza hut or Burger King. Um, and then I was reminded that Matthew Craig, who was on the bench for us yesterday, went to the same school as I did. So we'd have plenty to have, to, you know, to discuss and, you know, a few things in common. I, I struggle to think about what I might have in common with the rest of the first-team squad. So um, there you go. Matthew Craig, that's one out of left field for you.
0: And yes, I would have to say that anyone listening to this, if you said that Gareth was going to choose Matthew (laughs) Craig, you can give yourselves a huge pat on the back and order a Pizza Hut right now in celebration. Ricky.
1: Yes, I'm going with Ben Davis. Yeah, basically, because no one else would go with him. And I'm very nice like that. (laughs) And... uh, (laughs) And I think he might be just a tad more interested than most people give him credit for. Mm. So I'm well up for speaking to Ben. I don't know if we go to some Welsh restaurant. What's the Welsh culinary delights? I can't think what they are. But yep, yeah, leek. and Welsh Leek. Yeah. <laughs> Cheesy leeks. Yeah, great. <laughs> about it. Oh, that's yeah. a
0: that's a good that's a good choice. I think Ben would be uh Benjamin as our manager. Ben. Yeah, it's uh, I think he would be um I think he'd be very good. Yeah. That's a good mm. call. Yeah, I mean look, my my first choice dinner guest has obviously been been called out and and named. Get Eric to wear his polo neck off to the jazz cafe, have a That's meal it. there overlooking the stage. Oh, oh it'd be great. Just discuss the finer <laughs> notes of uh you know of dystopian jazz as we as we sip like, you know <laughs> as we, <laughs> we sit cognac or whatever. I will say that I did before we move on, I, one player I would like to challenge myself to have deal with and This is going to be, uh, we're going to return to this theme in a moment. I can't help myself. I'm sort of intellectually mesmerized by the concept of Oliver Skip. And I just really would love to, I I think I'd love to pick his brain over dinner because I'm wondering, is he just like, is he a basic guy? Very normal? Seems it. Or is there a a raging intellectual in there who's going to like, you know, get into philosophy and and all sorts? I mean, I don't know. So if Eric is not available, I'm going to go with Oliver Skip. There we are. (laughs) No one's chosen Harry, Kane. So and uh I suppose we'll just leave that there and look back at the week that was, shall we? <laughs> Harry, you just keep on doing what you do, mate. We don't have to have dinner with you. Um pre season friendly against Rangers was announced last week, and we're gonna be travelling to Glasgow on the twenty third of July to play at Ibrox. The match is gonna be shown on our new streaming channel Spurs Play, which I nearly read as our new steaming channel Spurs Play. Either way. You'll be able to see it live on July 23rd from I Bronx, Across Glasgow, Cameron Carter-Vickers has crowned off a very successful loan spell at Celtic by being named in the Scottish PFA team of the season. Cameron is rumoured to have a clause in his loan entitling Celtic to buy him for an initial fee of £6 million this summer, £6 million pounds. And we wouldn't be surprised to see this be triggered, but it is rumoured that a host of Premier League clubs are also interested. So that would really be getting a return on, a, on on an investment, there, wouldn't it? I mean, he would be. I mean, he's had a lot of loans, hasn't he, champs?
2: Yeah, yeah. So I think it's six million, rising to ten million based on you know appearances and what have you. they are quite decent Premier League clubs that are interested. There you know, kind of mid mid level Premier League clubs that are interested as well. So you'd assume that ten million is going to be our starting point if um, if that clause isn't triggered. So. Yeah, it could be it could be useful.
1: So just just to float something here, we're not missing anything here, then, do you think? In other words, maybe he's not the same player he was three, four years ago. You never know.
2: You just want him to make that pre-season appearance for about the tenth year
1: on the trot before no, going you out on loan. No, I mean he's, he's, I meant Van Dyke played to Celtic, didn't he? Yeah. So I'm not yeah. saying they're obviously a different player, but he might be. He might be better than Sanchez now. Who knows?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a time when you have to trust uh, Paratici and 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 his team and his. And you if know, the money's like, there, and, yeah. Well, you have to tr- well, you know? have to trust that Paratici's talking to the scouts and talking to the spotters up there and saying, "Well, how's he doing? What's he doing? Maybe uh-huh. check him out." I would hope he's being thorough. I mean, unless he's just completely sold on Cameron Carter-Vickers' money going towards buying someone like Bastoni, in which case I don't think there's any argument. No,
3: well, he's only um, sixteen months older than Jeff at Tanganga, and because Carter-Vickers has been around for so long, so mm. I'd be interested if you can compare them and you know, which one would you rather have as your as your backup. In the team next year, again, I don't know whether Carter because is playing in a back two or in a in a back three, and how comparable they are. But I mean, perhaps that's a decision to make. Which you know, which of those two would you feel more comfortable yeah. with? But said so there's really not much difference in age between them.
2: From what I've seen of him, that he doesn't look particularly um, doesn't look like a Conte centre back to me. I don't think he's playing for
1: the states much now either. I think no, I noticed no. that.
0: It's always a little slow on the turn, and I mean, you know, look, it's a discussion that we'll obviously have when we do a a season review, a squad review, anyway. Um,
1: I think if ten mils there, that trumps everything, doesn't it? If we were going to, I think it it does. I think, think.
0: but there again, you know, let's touch back on the. I I like the old the whole Tanganga Carter Vickers angle of the conversation because Tanganga is a name that we will have to bring up again at the end of the season. It's an interesting one. What's also interesting is that having signed his contract for us last week, I'm talking about Oliver Skipp, my uh, my de facto dinner guest in the absence of Eric Dyer, and with Antonio having said that he expected him to be fit before the end of the season, we learnt last week that he travelled to the US to have surgery on his troublesome groin. Uh, the club have confirmed that he will be out for the rest of the season, but Conte said in his pre-match presser for the Leicester game, they expect him to be back from pre-season but chaps I just want to ask you something this is an ambient question and it could end up on the floor but I mean yeah, Skippy's just got what 65, 70 grand a week I think his contract is right in that range he's found some proper dosh I mean I'll ask you what do you think would be an extravagance purchase for the man with the golden ball smile and style in our side I mean what what would be Ollie Skip's version of like lashing out to reward himself for a contract shed <laughs> A
3: shed,
1: like a bigger than bigger than six by four shed. Yeah. <laughs> it's gone eight by six, I reckon.
0: <laughs> you yeah, I mean, you you can't see him going shopping with Delhi, can you? You just don't see that happening. You don't see any celebrations there, or with uh, or with Eric Lamella. I mean. <laughs> Maybe he'll, maybe he'll reward himself to a haircut from Eric Lamella's hairdresser. There we go. Maybe that will be what he'll do. Maybe he'll come out with an Eric. <laughs> Breville toasted sandwich maker. Yeah. That is a good call. Would it be Breville or would it be a Smeg? I think he'd go Smeg if they make them, Whoa. you see. That's the difference that 70k <laughs> a week
2: makes, isn't it? It's...
0: <laughs> it is, but you know what? I'm now dialing back on myself because you're right. He may not actually be dialed into Smeg. He might Breville might be the peak. I think that's I think you're on to one Milo as as usual you're on to one I think so so Oliver Skip congratulations on your luxury Breville toaster or sandwich maker and may you enjoy it lord knows Well, does indeed. What a stupid question that was. Let's see if it makes the cut. What is going to make the cut is that it has been another busy week for Spurs women, with club captain Shalina Sadorsky and keeper Becky Spencer signing new deals at the club. So congratulations to both of them. And in a really interesting move with regards to our head of recruitment, Brian Carey, well, he's decided last Wednesday that he's going to leave the club after six years here. Is he leaving? Has he seen the writing on the wall? Has Mr. Paratici decided to, uh, you know, maybe juggle things a little bit here? What
2: do you think, chaps? Evidently, his role wasn't quite as grand as his title suggested. He wasn't quite as important as that. Uh, Paratici's been carrying out a kind of review of the off-field stuff at the club. And I think it was the Athletics said that he's expected to announce, or might have been the standard, uh, to appoint a number two shortly uh, to assist him. So, yeah, I think it's probably part of the clear out and... Yeah, you'd presume that this was a hitching appointment, and um, with those changes, whether he's jumped or pushed, I don't know. Paratici's reshaping for his own self, and uh, good. Okay, I
0: think you're probably right. I thought you were going <laughs> to ask
2: us what we should buy him as a leaving <laughs> present or something, and just sure. have this as a running theme all the way through. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, As as we round out uh, the uh, the week that was, I think uh, I think Milo's onto one. I think perhaps, Brian Carey, you can have the Breville quick boil kettle. Uh, <laughs> there we go. Nice little gift there for you. And you know, We'll ask Oliver if he could chip in and buy it. Ah, <laughs> oh dear, the jokes that are going nowhere. Well, what did go somewhere this week was our game against Leicester. It needed to, we needed to win, no faffing about. A draw wasn't going to cut it and I think it's safe to say that it was comfortable in the end, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to ask about team selections uh, for both sides, actually. Gareth, why don't you kick us off?
3: Well, the surprise was that Lucas was starting instead of Gulasiewski. I think we... We thought there might be a change on the right hand side. We wonder whether Kulisewski and Lucas would play uh, but it was a surprise although Guliseski hadn't been particularly productive in the last couple of weeks um, it, was, it was a surprise that Lucas Moore who hadn't started a game since we'd lost at home to Wolves back in February was, was brought back into that position um, in terms of Leicester I mean definitely we caught them, at a, caught them at a good time and at a good point in their, in their tie with Roma um, that they left eight players out and when the team news came in and looking at not so much the players they had in the team but more the players they didn't have in the team. Um, it certainly gave me a lot more confidence. Mm. You, you, I didn't want players like Madison Tielemans playing. Vardy, I think, is perhaps starting to play off, live off reputation a little bit. It, it was it was a surprise to see them to make as many changes as they had. But look, they, ultimately, they're a team that are in 11th place and they're in 11th place for a reason.
0: Yeah. Okay. Fingers on the buzzer for this because uh, this is probably one of the main topics of conversation this week. Was that Mora did come in for Decky. Um, It's a very simple question. How do you think he
2: did? Uh, who wants to go first? I can keep it quite short. Not very well. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> he, you know, it was he didn't really do a lot. I probably his biggest contribution was heading Cessnial's cross wide. Other than that, it was all very Lucas. Mm.
0: I mean, let me ask you this, Ricky, just to give it a little more angle, maybe. I mean, Do you think that he did help us have probably the most, um, shall we say, uh, high energy start we've had in some weeks? Do you think he was somewhat responsible
1: for that or not? Uh, well, he's, he's obviously got a lot of energy, but I think that was more down to Leicester's tactics or, shall I say, lack of tactics. As we say, they're a mid-table side. And I couldn't work out what Rogers was doing beyond saying to them, uh, sort of, it didn't look like they were saying anything else beyond go out and enjoy yourselves, really. I don't notice particularly any tactics going on. But going back to... <laughs> oh no, it was. But, um, I mean, going back to Mora, I mean, I think, you know, in my mind, I think this was the moment that kind of sealed his fate at the club. Mm. And and the main thing was, it wasn't necessarily the performance of the man himself, but it was the performance of the man that came on. It was night and day, mm. light and shade, basically. Uh, Deke showed him up for that half hour, I think, and I thought that was bad, badly detrimental to more for Mora.
0: Don't we also think that it's as much the impact he has on the players around him right now as well? I mean, it's 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 plain that the other players simply don't enjoy playing with him as much as they do with Deke because he's not—he's just not as smart with his off the ball movement or 100%. his on the ball movement, right? I mean, it's pretty clear.
2: I think he's only used to us as an impact sub yeah i think you know if you're possibly chasing a game and you know those those passes you know, which we we you know we get from dekey aren't, aren't coming off and you just want someone to run at them then you know, he's got some uses but i fi- i find it hard to see a, a role for him you know beyond this season really And i think that's probably i'd i'd be surprised if we see him start another game
0: yeah he was very flat indeed yeah. um uh, and 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 generally let, let's look at how that first half panned out i mean it felt for all the world like we were gonna score in the first 15 minutes I mean we were flying at them if not creating very much there was certainly a lot of forward momentum and then suddenly it seemed to go flat we seemed to run out of ideas for about 15 20 minutes uh, did it did, did you feel the same way I certainly did as I'm looking I'm like wow all of a sudden we've hit that brick wall where there is no creativity uh, anywhere. Our wingbacks aren't able to create it and Lucas wasn't helping and Harry was sort of, I thought, strangely off actually for a while there. His touches weren't right, his passes weren't right.
3: Yeah, I, mean, I think Leicester did change things up. They went, they seemed to revert between a back four and a back three at various points throughout the game and I think probably in the, in the long run it Caused more confusion for them than it did for us but I think there was a period in the first half when suddenly they were playing the ball forward and the fact that they had two centre forwards which not many teams play these days and they also had Aoz Perez playing in a fairly advanced position linking up with them as well I think they just pushed us back a little bit and I think that knocked us off of stride and it was a goal that came out of nowhere from us from that set piece um, so having had a good 15 minutes or so we were then pegged back for 10 minutes Mm. or so before we actually scored and I just felt on the you know on the day the timing of our goals was really important I think it really Mm. impacted the way that we could manage the game and the way that Leicester had to play.
2: Yeah I'd agree with that I think when Leicester came back into the game they were finding quite a lot of um, space between our midfield and defence there and pretty much all their shots were coming from distance they weren't really creating kind of high quality chances I thought it was a pretty typical first half that we've seen from us you know kind of post Christmas or you know post January um where um we you know we quite often you know start reasonably well then the half gets a bit messy a bit you know muddled thing. and and then we push on in the second half as the other team tires but you know we tend to finish games quite well and yeah, I think the problem we've had the last few weeks, you know, i tend to be I tend to be a bit um kind of overly optimistic during a game, but you know, through the you know, the Brighton game or the Brentford game or what have you, I'm kinda of waiting for us to click because that's what's happened before. And yeah, I think this was just one of those games where as as Gareth said, we scored the goals at the right point.
1: Yeah, I mean there was I think there was some sloppiness on our part that let them have a few opportunities and I think some of that was uh, to me old dinner mate gentle Ben. But um, mm. and they hit the post again. So the post saved us again this week. Although I did notice on match of the day that he actually got a touch of to that. I think, Laurie, it was so that was a brilliant was save. A save. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just what we needed at that point because they say, we'd let them back into the game at that point. I mean, just touching on the what we said before about uh, Deki and Mora. I mean, of course, down that right-hand side, we sort of had. We, I mean, we we developed the kind of winning trifecta of Romero, Doherty and uh, decky, And of course, this week we were back to missing two of them. So. The functionality of that side was obviously going to be slightly, you know, down.
0: To that point, I felt that uh, Royale was playing in a slightly different, slightly more aggressive fashion. He seemed to be coming inside a lot more. And actually, once Kulusevsky came on, he was he was getting into more Doherty-esque positions, I thought, um, than, than he has done all season. I thought he was actually really showed... I mean, he's never going to be the answer there, but he showed some competency in that right wing back position.
2: I noticed at the beginning of the game he was playing in the half space quite a lot with um, yeah. with Mora yeah. sticking out on the hard right, where where he's most comfortable. I had a look at his stats, mm. and they weren't, you know, it wasn't showing that him being particularly attacking. Um, but I think going back to what Ricky was saying earlier on about Leicester's tactics, I think it played into our hands because there was more space for the uh backs to attack into uh we had you know more time on the ball so we could pick out that pass whereas you know last week against brent uh, brentford they were very very quick to close down uh you know the you know once once the ball had been received by one of our players in in the in their half they were very quick to close down um whereas leicester
1: yeah weren't it didn't bear any resemblance to the last two weeks here what we'd faced no. up to in those games so I mean and that was a massive result for us really that we had a game at home that was like that I would yeah. just like to say I mean defensively though I thought um, especially being at the game you can really Dyer and Romero were absolutely solid as anything they're real two beastie defenders and we're in quite safe hands there I think I know we're probably going to move on probably in touch on Romero anyway but I, no, I think he's an... well
0: worthy of being mentioned more than once on, on this pod. So good for you for getting the first shot off the bow because he was magnificent and you're absolutely right. We are going to touch on his key moment in the game. And absolutely. you notice
1: these things at the game a lot more, than you? Because you see a lot of other movement that goes on and the way they read the game and that kind of thing. And him and Dier were really colossus out there, super solid.
2: I mean, the thing I felt with Romero is, I mean, he'd be my man of the match. I thought he was, I thought it was probably his best performance for us. And I thought it was one of those performances where he set the tone for everyone else. Mm -hmm. and you know and particularly obviously that challenge for son's um first goal our second um just really really set the tone and said you know i'm taking control of this and i I don't know maybe i'm getting ahead of myself but it really made me think that you know this is a player who's actually got you there's more to come from him and maybe he can become one of those kind of really defining players who just owns that position owns owns his place in the team and and that you know just sets the tempo and sets the tone you know the tone
0: there's no doubt whatsoever that he's going to become one of those players in my mind and what we're talking about with his best game of the season which i instantly i agree with um i think that started uh, in the second half of brentford last week where i really felt he was the one player who was looking to take the game to brentford last week in the second half and really like trying to push and push and push and he mm-hmm. Absolutely did that again today. Yeah. I mean, he's showing, he's sort of got the movement and Rolls Royceness of a, of of a, of a passerella, uh, if you will to, you know, and he's also got, I'm trying to think, and he's also got a bit of the beretsy about him as well, in terms of, he's just so hard, you know, he's so hard. He's a combination of the pair of them. He's not, Mm. he's not, He's not a. it's not a particularly loud player, but he's not afraid to get in your face. I think he's really. Yeah, I think he's going to be a, a, an absolute colossus. I mean, we'll be fighting to keep a
2: hold of him if we don't get in the Champions League soon. But if someone wants him now, it's going to be a hundred million plus. There's no way you'd sell him for less than that. No, absolutely not. Yeah, we've had good defenders before. We've tended to have cultured defenders before. But whenever right. we had someone who's that dominant, and uh, you're going back forty years. 30, 40 years. It's the combination of physical power, but also really
0: good feet, really good player and vision. He can see a pass. I mean, yeah, he's, he's tremendous. I mean, you sort of can imagine Jürgen Kopp looking and thinking, I missed the trick there. I mean, he got his own yeah. back. <laughs> but I mean, can you imagine if Liverpool
2: had him? Crikey.
0: I mean, but we've got him and we've got Eric Tyre as well. And hopefully we'll have Bastoni in the summer. It
2: could be the best defence in the league. So you don't, we don't miss Alderweireld. You know, that's, oh. you know, he, he, he's levels above where Alderweireld was the last couple of seasons with us. So true. Mm. So true.
3: Yeah,
0: well, it was. It. I mean, it, I'm glad you brought him up, Ricky, because he, he you know, he was definitely going to come up in conversation. It's probably as good we got it out of the way now, because it. I mean, otherwise, you know, could take up another 20 minutes going on about him. So we'll leave it there. He was fantastic, but yes, a good point with Eric Dyer as well. The, you know, who I know that we eulogise him, but he's still yet to convince a few of our fans. I think it's getting get, getting better and better in that regard. Um, and then look, I'm going to ask you a question, Ricky. Last week. You said that you were gonna like, you know, pet a spaniel, have some whiskey, and that uh, Milo suggested that you drop your pants uh, behind the goal so as Harry could say aim here. What I couldn't tell is that the placement of Sonny's goal, that beautiful strike, was so precise. Was your ass hovering behind the goal there as a sort of a as a, as a sort of frame for his wonderful? Uh,
1: or not? do you know what, we weren't too out of line with it. So I could claim that it was. We would probably, in fact, if it, if it were, if I was showing the old uh, posterior, I think um I think he would have been it'd gone slightly over because I was in rows thirty seven so um okay. probably okay. not. but the the panel did the sp- panel, the spaniel no. did get petted. But, yes uh, they no, did no we can't go from northumberland park but oh, the whiskey didn't get taken sorry
0: that's all right but that's all right you petted so the half, spaniel half
1: of the half of the um ritual was happened. completed yeah because i had the two spangles on the way down but um yeah it was great my
0: juvenile attempt to, to get your ass back into this show for the second yes. week in a row notwithstanding should we talk about sonny's goal
1: yeah what,
2: what with his wrong
0: foot yeah. <laughs> yeah quite fire away go on bring that one home yeah his wrong foot, indeed.
2: <laughs> he
1: doesn't have a wrong foot, does he? I mean, you know, yeah. again... He used to score a few of them before, didn't he, those cuts? Yeah. But he's never really on that side of the pitches often now, so...
3: In fact, he scored two very, very similar to that one in the FA Cup in 2016, a one in the league game at the back end of 2018 as well, where he's coming on the right-hand side and bent it in on his left foot, and I was just trying to find it on the archive. That.
2: So, it, it, it made, he's, he's top scorer in the Premier League from open play this season now, which is yeah. pretty impressive. And, yeah, yeah it, it, him shooting with his left... Yeah, he's so good with both feet and you know we t- we spoke about his dad the other week and um the sensational documentary where his dad was making him ball juggle around the pitch um with his wrong foot if he did anything wrong in training and if he, if he um dropped the ball make him do it again yeah it probably just you know it's kind of a brutal childhood uh ball juggling in the freezing cold around <laughs> around a football pitch
0: yeah but i mean you it, it is actually an excellent point and you know the g- kids who go on about like you know oh, i've only got one foot i've only got one foot. it is rubbish and actually my coaching tip for that was always when a kid told me that they're 12 when i were oh, i got one good foot i'd be like really I say, okay I so once you walk 10 paces forward and then come 10 paces back so they do the 10 paces we'd stand there looking at each other for 10 15 seconds in silence and i'd, and they'd, I'd be they'd be like what and i'd be like did you notice anything and they'd be like no i said did one foot work better than the other when you were walking what let's huh? see it's all in your head they both work, <laughs> and I do wonder, do you think Sonny has a little confidence issue that comes and goes sometimes or not? No, because he's sometimes been reluctant to shoot this season we've 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 talked about it before and recently where he's checked back inside and not maybe taken the shot you know when you thought he was going to, and usually seems to clash with those moments when we say he's not on one of his streaks or whatever I mean do we just think maybe he's feeling 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 a little more confident to, to go for that now?
1: No, I don't really agree with that either. I okay. think he kind of rolls along okay, generally. Okay. I think, and probably the practice, practice, practice that we kind of just talked about helps with that, I think. Also, you
0: now muscle. 19
2: for the season, I think.
0: Yeah, yeah, 19. I, I mean, yeah. Right. There are just a couple of times where I've where I've thought, "Wow, why don't you just go for that with your left?" Possibly. He's been and he, and he and he doesn't. Well, sometimes he does try and check in, and you know, this was one of those moments where he was like, "Great, I'm going to go for it." But so I, I think you
2: find that with most strikers. I mean, you know, he, he he doesn't. You don't see him avoiding a shot because it's on the other foot or something like that. His second goal as well was it was cracking actually, and, and, and you know, his second goal was brilliant, wasn't it? Yeah, tight control, you know, tight control and turning there. It was really, yeah, really good. I agree, really good. It's quite
0: quite and, similar. He scored, didn't he? Do that recently against Newcastle, wasn't he? he? Did the same sort of maneuver, didn't he? Where he had to, uh, to control and, and turn.
3: Was it Newcastle? He did that against. He scored a goal from a similar position, I think it was slightly different, Um, he opened the ball out in his left foot.
0: He had to take a subtle touch in the box though, his first Mm -hmm. touch had to be on the money, I remember thinking. Yeah, uh... from
3: from memory, yeah, the the first touch is so important because it just enables you to be set to take the shot on your second touch.
0: Yeah. Yeah, his first touch has been and his first touch has, has been tremendous. And of course, we did talk about um, you know Conte made an un, uh, you know an untypically early substitution by bringing on Deki for Lucas, and his role here, uh, you know, in, especially in the, in Sonny's for, in you know
2: Sonny's goal in the box there was was huge. Thirty-five minutes to assist isn't bad going, is it? I do wonder whether part of the reason for starting Mora was just to shake him up a little bit, and as we said, he'd be, he'd been off the pace a little bit over the last few weeks. And when he came on, he was really hungry, wasn't he?
1: Yeah, I thought that.
2: Yeah, mm. I think maybe it's just manage- You know, a young player just just managing him a little bit and and, and making him hungry and-,
1: and fight for it. Yeah, I mean, we'll-, we'll never be. I suppose we'll never find out. We'll be privy to the reason why he was. A dropped whether it's just as you say dropped a little bit of form and maybe but full credit to a guy if that was the reason because to come off the bench like that it I mean he saved 45 minutes in his legs but it re-energized him because he really took the game to Leicester then and as I say, showed more of how we might want someone to play down that right-hand side.
0: I just think that when he plays and when he's on form in that way, the whole mm. side's connectivity is so much better. I mean,
2: everyone
0: from Romero to Bentoncourt to him, I and mean, there's mm. just so much more flow
2: to the game. Deky is sixth in the Premier League assists table. And that's with
0: everyone else having had a half a season head start. Yeah,
2: right? mm. so yeah, Salah is top with 13, Deky's got eight. Wow, it's, good. it's very good indeed. It wasn't even as if he he joined on the first of January, is it? He joined at the death of the window, so that's he's done that in three months.
0: Yeah. On the other side of the field, Ryan Sesenyom again playing Reggie's dodgy groin. I wonder if I wonder if there's something with the groins in our club. I mean, you've got uh, Reggie's dodgy groin, you've got Ollie Skips. The mind boggles, doesn't it? But anyway, Ryan Sesenyom plays again. Dodgy groins uh, all over the place, not his anymore. And uh, how do we? I mean, okay, look, fuck it. I'm trying to be clever here. So I wasn't overly impressed with him again. Once again, I felt he was uh, maybe a little timid at times or just not really pushing, uh, just not really. I mean, we talk about Christian Romero, and obviously, you can't, not everyone is Christian Romero. I understand this, but I just don't see any guile from Sessignon and maybe I'm being overcritical someone dial me back in if they think I am I just expect a lot more from him I really do I
1: think at the game watching I think he he quite often when we gave him the ball we didn't give him many options to then play on pass it on to someone so that was a little caveat of you know uh, if his form wasn't that great but I agree with you otherwise Steph I think he still is a little bit timid because he's he, he looks like he's got power. He looks like he could stretch his legs, open his legs, and occasionally he just doesn't take that option. And I think he should take that option. And that's, that could be the thing that turns him around if he does that more often. Cause he'll, he'll, put that in the fullback's mind or the person he's up against and it's just a bit of safety play and and you know it's like at the crowd they will then think oh it's just negative all the time why does he keep passing it back and he you know he's still a young lad he doesn't need that
2: I think he's got plenty of guard I think but I think he's a confidence player and I think he needs a bit of a run to to find form before he got injured I thought he was playing pretty well he hasn't been great since he came back that said if Mora. Heads on target, then you'd say that was a really nice cross for for that. But I mean, truth is, I would sell and replace all of our fullbacks in the summer if if there were you know, decent money on the table and decent options to replace them. I, I don't think any of them particularly suit. What we you know, what we need, and we we need at least two to come in in the summer.
1: What I would say is, normally in football, sometimes what can give you a bit of confidence is if you're almost guaranteed to play because your direct competitor isn't playing. And sometimes, but I've not seen that from SES either. Sometimes you think, you know, I'm going to be a starter this week and the next week because my competitor's out for two, three weeks. And sometimes that can give you an assurity that you're, you know, you're going to be picked, and that can help. But um, it doesn't seem to be going that way with Cess.
3: Yeah. No, I, I think he's the sort of player who needs four or five games in a row under his belt before you start to see the best of him. Um, I I mean, looking at all of his numbers yesterday, I'm not sure he was really any better against Leicester than he was against Brentford the week before. He was just playing in a team that slight, played slightly better yesterday. Um, all I would say for him in defence is that the goal, Sonny's first goal, if Sonny doesn't score that one or Sonny isn't there, then it's Sessin Yonu's who's three yards behind him. And mm. I still think in the penalty area, he's going to be more effective than than Reggie will be um, I think ultimately his destiny is probably going to be very similar to Carl Walker-Peters I think he'll go away somewhere and play in sort of lower mid-table team and by the age of 24 25 he'll look a fairly decent Premier League player, without being an outstanding one, but I think the the personality and the demeanour between him and Carl Walker Peters is so similar. They I they agree just look, with that. They just look very so very much. timid.
2: Yeah, I think you're right about it. Taking him you know, kind of four five games to get up to speed, and that's a luxury we can't afford. And no, we, we will cannot. be we will be chopping and changing our wing backs regularly. And I, I agree. We cannot afford that. No, and I think Conte, I think Conte demands players who are self motivating and uh, you know have that hunger within them. And I think he probably needs to be at a club where he's going to be playing week in, week out. Like you said, with Col Walker Peters, I think is a good example. He playing week yeah. in, week out with a manager who'll he'll put his arm around him, and I think he'll do very well uh, in that environment. I wouldn't be surprised if you know he got England caps at some point or something like that. But I'm not sure that yeah. we're the right place for him.
0: I would be surprised, uh, to be honest, but uh, that I mean maybe one or two. But that being said, I mean we go back to Emerson Royal for a moment because I think it's a, a, a it's a really good example of a player who is quite patently not a wing back. He is a full back. But my word, he will pull any little trick out of the bag he can to get any little advantage he can, sometimes uh to the uh eye roll of, of our good selves. I mean, you know, he's he likes to take a tumble, he likes to, to buy a little time where he can here and there. I mean, he's uh, quite dramatic. Um, you know, he's not he's not afraid to, to, to get to get his sleeves dirty, if you will. And uh, I think your comparison, Gareth, with uh, with Carl Walker Peters, he's on the money. I mean I really Very think good. he's on the money. Very good indeed. So We'll leave that one there. I think it's well-defined. Uh, Harry Winks came on. I mean, at this point, are we just... Is it one of uh, Conte's former soldiers that he's, like, sort of, you know, sparingly using now until we can sell him? Is that how it feels?
3: Um, I thought his purpose for coming on yesterday was because Ben Tanker had picked up a yellow card and they didn't want to risk him, him getting a second one. I think it's... <laughs> I th- think Winks has been a player that has been regularly called upon and has come off the bench. He's definitely not one of the first 11, but he's in that bracket of maybe playing number 12 to 16, who can be trusted to fulfil a particular role for a small amount of time against a particular mm. opponent. But I don't think anything more than that.
2: If it wasn't his last performance at the lane, it's one of the last. I don't, again, I don't see him being here next season. He's going to want first-team football. He had a reasonably good run of games when Conte first came in but he's fallen down the pecking order pretty swiftly after that and um I think it's time for him to move on I think and I'm pretty sure that he must have come to that conclusion as well
3: yeah I mean Skip's going to come in above him in the pecking order as well isn't he possibly so we don't know much, much about him yeah indeed
0: okay well I think we'll go to closing uh closing thoughts one positive one negative uh three two one Milo
2: positive uh Romero it was just yeah, you know, superb, superb performance. Uh, negative. Uh, it was a shame to not keep a clean sheet, wasn't it,
3: Gareth? Positive for me was um, just the fact that we scored the three goals when we did. And I think I think it's a really good ability to be able to score a goal when you've not particularly uh, created too much beforehand. Uh, negative for me was. Um, I just thought it was all a little bit haphazard in the first half and um, I think against a better opponent, we could have found ourselves one or two goals down in that game. It wasn't the performance that gave you a great deal of conviction that we're going to go and take 12 points from the next four games.
1: Ricky? Um, I think my positive has to be, as we mentioned before, I took, this is my daughter's first game, her first um, pilgrimage to the old Mighty Lane. And it's nice to show what Daddy does when um, he's out at the footy And that kind of thing. And I think the other thing that was positive was it's great to go to a game and then you win, but it was also great that um, Sun scored such, it's lovely to go and see an exceptional piece of talent. Mm -hmm. And that third goal certainly was that because that really did put a smile on her face. And also you couldn't ask for a, a better role model than Sun as a player. To sort of fall in love with and respect, because even in his post match interview he was he was so humble and that going mm. on about golden boots don't matter and that he's such a great person. My negative would be uh well, I suppose it would be that I got railroaded or more like I was on a promise to take her into the Spurs shop, which is like <laughs> a bit of a negative <laughs> thing when it comes to the credit card, but um um I'm sure Daniel would be pleased that I ended up in there um, what did she
0: end up what did she end up
1: getting oh she got this kind of dress kind of come skirt thing and she got some socks and she got um uh, she wanted this hoodie but i said no you of have that and then she bought some other bits and pieces and uh, i think she got it even got a hair scrunchie that was six pound i mean that's reasonable isn't it yeah. <laughs> For <a hair> scrunchie <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, so, but, you know, you've got to do those things. Um, and what we says is, is Daniel's got the old teals worked out in there because the queue was the longest thing in the world. And I thought, I'm not, I'm not... Do you know when you look for the end of the queue and you just basically end up sort of halfway down the high road or something to pay? But he's got at least 30 cashiers in there and it just rails through. Honestly, everyone's just flying through. So that was good. But my negative was... Oh, that was my negative, sorry. And the other negatives we didn't mention him was John Moss, really. old Mossy, he was... <laughs> Once again, couldn't work out what a foul was and wasn't a foul, what a yellow card was or wasn't a foul. And that that mossy green kick doesn't do him any favours either. He's he's better off with the black one, I think did look like a, unc- bit of a, a bit of a time warp, didn't he? <laughs> he yeah. did. He's got this body and the little legs just run underneath him. He's so funny. <laughs> but um, oh. I did read in the paper this week, it's his last season, isn't he? Mm. So I think he's back to the old record shop and um, he can just concentrate on doing that. So he's got his own record shop, hasn't he? So fair Does he? Has. I didn't know this.
0: Yeah. He has his own record shop. the old, own record shop. The
1: vinyl Whistle, I think it's called,
0: isn't yeah. it? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's brilliant. We should have had that in our nicknames last week. Vinyl Whistle. That's good. Oh, that's
3: yeah, great. so... Oh, it
1: wouldn't be but, his and name, I I compl- It's more of a pun,
0: actually,
1: isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I actually complimented him in the last game he had against us, which is the first time ever. But I'm back to the old kind of clobbering moss in this game. So, <laughs> I'd
2: rather go to his record shop than the club shop. I think.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> cheaper. No, <laughs> possibly. Mm. Yeah, I mean, look. <laughs> maybe. I, I thought, mm. <laughs> yeah.
0: For me, the positive has to be that we won and that there was that tremendous goal and Romero's performance. Um, uh, and the, I suppose the negative is that we still um, have such a small pool of players that Antonio trusts. And it was a real shame to see Lucas not have any impact. That was a real shame because if he had an impact, it's an extra attacking player that maybe everyone feels excited about as an option off the bench. Whereas now I think everyone's
2: sort of looking like, eh, well, do we have to? You know, we talked about kind of Leicester's bench. And I know that they started with a weekend side and what have you, but they had they had lots of options on the bench who were better exactly. than the players who were starting. The only player we had who was better on, on the bench than those starting was uh, was Deke. You Yeah, as you were saying earlier on, you know it was Craig's turn to be the you know, under twenty three player of the week who who makes the bench and then won't be there next week. So yep. uh, yeah, don't know don't know who will be the surprise third youth player there next week, but I feel sorry yeah. for some of those kids. I feel sorry for Scarlett. He's wasted a season.
1: No, I was just going to say I think Leicester actually have quite a good squad. They've got a lot of players that are good mm. already and a lot of potential players and I yeah. think what that adds up to at the moment, I think if Rogers might just be he's he three years in and it looks like... Yeah, he's run out of steam, really, isn't he? Yeah, I think he's run out of steam. Yeah, I think that's definitely it. The, the player that I continue
0: to look at, and this is uh, stretching out the positives, negatives, way beyond 30 seconds this week, but I mean, I, Stephen Bergwine right now, who to me is... A game, you know, an impact sub of, of proof and high order. And it just astounds me that he's not getting any more than eight to
2: ten minutes. I mean, did you see the interview that he did with um, the Dutch press where he basically said he, he wants to leave? Yeah. He, he said, said he's not going to start for us. Who was interested in
1: him? Was it? At Ajax. And he talks about Ajax in the, um, uh, in, in the interview. You don't think it yeah, but do you think it was Ten Hag that was interested in him as much as Ajax? Don't know. He might, well, Man United might be interested in him if possible. I know that's a different level, but you never know.
0: Interesting.
2: I don't think there'll be any shortage of takers there. I, I'm not sure the manager at Ajax has too much to say about
1: signings. No, that's what I thought, yeah. It's a bit more structured behind the scenes, I think, isn't it?
0: Well, four games to go. It's got that terrible in the old uh, jingle jangle nerves department that I treated us all to an a cappella at the beginning of the show. Um, Bums are squeaking, aren't they, gents? Uh, I think it's a very simple opening question here. A lot of intellectual thought went into this, so I want you to listen carefully and appreciate the heft
2: and depth. This is what happens when you go away for a week, Steph, and leave me to write the notes. You get this kind of heavyweight, (laughs) kind of Paxman-esque line of questioning. Oh
0: no, they were great. I came, I came I don't know,
2: I came in and did some writing at the top. I saw them, I thought they were perfect. If I'd have
0: thought any different, I'd have adjusted them, don't worry. I thought they were great. And and, and I think that the the weight and currency of your intellectualism when it comes to discussing the squeaky bum time is very important. So Gareth, how much are you shitting it, mate?
2: It's not quite Frost Nixon, is it?
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh I'm I'm not shitting it because I think I'm quite at peace with the fact that we're going to finish fifth and actually that's a good return oh, for us this year. Oh
0: <laughs> no, unlucky Alf. Oh, oh,
3: no. no. oh. drop. <laughs> okay.
0: Oh.
3: oh. Oh, I'm getting. Okay. I've, look I've, I've said this consistently throughout the season I didn't think we'd make fourth place anyway. <laughs> I, I don't think it's this binary fourth <laughs> is brilliant and fifth is nothing I, I think if it was anyone other than the, you know than Woolwich that we were going for against this spot um, we could all be perhaps a little bit more um, pragmatic about it I, I, th- I think finishing fifth is 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 fine it's not as good as finishing fourth I think ultimately we've got yeah, the, probably the hardest game of the season, the hardest fixture of the season, still in front of us at uh, Anfield on, on, on Saturday evening. And I well, just shit think over- don't
0: worry about it. What are you worrying about?
3: <laughs> I think, well, we need we need the Titanic either to go down or to be discovered, don't we? For us to win at Anfield, and that's probably not going to happen.
0: Oh my word! He's just year. he's just doubling down on his pessimism here, isn't he? Did you say we need? What to, can you repeat that about the Titanic again? What do so, we need? So, well, we won at Anfield
3: in 1912, and we didn't win there again until 1985, which was the same <laughs> year that it was discovered at the bottom of the ocean finally after 73 years. So that's very much the trigger for Spurs winning at Anfield. Is the Titanic's so are either being discovered or, or, or sinking? <sighs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm I'm not holding up much hope of of, of winning there, but I don't say this from a position of um, you know of, of pessimism or of negativity around around the club. I j- just think it's going to be too little, too late. Uh, I think looking at Arsenal's fixtures, I, I don't think they're going to drop enough points for us to be able to capitalise, even if we do beat them at home. And I'm and I'm, I'm, I'm on quite at peace with that. Wow! So. Th- I'm not really
0: quite
2: sure how to unpack that,
0: chaps. Will you help me? Is that is that Zen negativity or what, or is that Zen realism? What is that? How do we term? How do we term Gareth? I outlook? think
2: it's positivity because if you go back a bit, Gareth thought that Man United were going to finish above us. So, um, you know, actually, we've already leapt a place. And and you know him saying that he's always been quite happy with fifth. I mean, when Nuno was here, it was fifth from bottom he was happy with. So you know, all things considered, you know, <laughs> this is optimism.
0: And context is important in these matters, isn't it, chaps? Yeah,
2: yeah.
1: I mean, I, I mean, we. I think we said weeks ago that this was all heading one way, and that was to the North London derby. And it looks like that we're probably it's going to fall that we're going to we're going to be the ones that have to win that. I think that's how mm-hmm. it's going to fall. But I was looking at—I mean, looking at the table like I'd like to. I think that point at Brentford might be useful because if we're two points behind, any game we win means that if we're one point ahead of them, that means they have to win that game to be ahead of us because mm-hmm. a draws no good to them. If you see what I mean? So, um, oh, I and see it very we, clearly. We, I mean, we could lose at Anfield. And then if we beat them in the North London Derby and beat Burnley, we'd be one point ahead of them when they play Newcastle, is it? Mm-hmm. Or who's up who's yeah. their game after that? Yes, yeah, Newcastle. I think so, yeah.
3: Yeah, Newcastle.
1: So what I'm saying, if we're if we're one point ahead, then only a win's good for them then. A draw puts them on level points with us, if you see what I mean. So Yes, I do, absolutely. That, that opens up like the results kind of what the game can get and a draw just feels more feasible in some of their games than maybe a win. So or maybe a loss, I mean.
2: And I think if the last relocation place that battle goes down to the last weekend of the season then potentially that's a really tricky game isn't it Yeah, you know if it, if it goes into arsenal arsenal everton with them both needing something from the game mm. that becomes massive whereas we're playing we're, we're playing norwich who sh- should be on the beach
1: I mean, but we could we could find that same situation against Burnley, I suppose. We could we. do. No,
2: of course we could.
1: I mean, I mean, having said that, with Burnley, if they only let's say need a point at our place, that could be bad. But the other thing is, they which might be a result for us is they might not actually be playing the same way as they did under Dyche. Yeah. So it might they might be a bit more open, which would then no. help. So
3: I mean, the irony is if we um, if, if if we beat Burnley and we beat them fairly comfortably, that might mean that that keeps Everton up a week early, in which case they can go to the Emirates. On the beach because it's a dead rubber for them. But of course, we've got to beat Burnley in the first instance.
2: Although it's it's Leeds who are fourth from bottom at the moment, yeah. and that's who Arsenal play next.
3: And they also play Chelsea. Everyone's forgetting that, like you know,
0: there are two clubs that Arsenal have to play that right now, as we speak, are absolutely in the thick of it more than Burnley. They are the two clubs actually fighting out who's going to go down as it currently sits. And uh, you know, Leeds are going to go for it. And, you know, yeah. I don't want to make this an Arsenal pod review by any stretch of the imagination, but, you know, Tavares is, uh, uh, you know, he's gettable. He's a nightmare waiting to happen.
2: And their other game is Newcastle away. And Newcastle's home form has been excellent under under Howe, yeah. And they made a tough, they gave Liverpool a tough game at the weekend.
0: Right. And nobody at Newcastle wants to miss the, 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 you know, the paydays that are coming and the, and the big the big money signings they're going to make. Everyone wants to be a part of that,
2: you know. And those players are playing for the future.
0: Yep, high motivation. I don't think I don't think these games are as easy as people think. I mean, I have to tell you, I thought I thought they would beat West Ham. Not because I thought West Ham would sit down, but there's just a little too much going on for West Ham in their season right now. Um so that that result didn't surprise me. And uh, so I I'm, I still think it's all to play for. I will bluntly admit to uh, to all of you that I have absolutely no if I'm looking clinically with the common sense i have no idea what's going to happen all my optimism is based on faith and it's based on being a supporter it is i mean there's no two ways about it um I, i'd be lying if i told you that when the second arsenal goal went in against west ham i didn't my head didn't drop you know uh I, I've, I've you know at this point i've no idea i do think if we do get our noses in front again we will not blow it mm. that much i will tell you
2: yeah i mean back to the question about kind of squeaky bum time and you know how much we're shitting it. I mean I'm very I'm a very optimistic fan. Um but that's partly because I don't enjoy pessimism. So like if yep. people are if people around me are being very very pessimistic about football or what have you I, I withdraw myself from that situation because I don't enjoy a it well put and point. and yep. it um it negatively impacts on my enjoyment of the game. So yeah you know, I I want to try and you know, kind of understand what we're trying to get out of it, and and that kind of stuff. Um, you know, it's mathematically possible at the moment. I don't think Arsenal are that good. I think you know we're we're an unfinished project, so we, you know we're not that good either. Um, I don't think either of us are going to get to the season without dropping points. Absolutely right. Yeah, I don't I don't enjoy being around people who are pessimistic and, and negative and I kind of withdraw myself from that.
0: I, I'm with you 100% and, and that is a wider point. And I think probably for anyone listening, it, it you know, you should really take a look at this. There's four games left. What do you want to do? Sit there and like, you know, wring your hands and be like, well, oh, we're not going to do it. Or do you want to enjoy it with hope? I mean, we do have, you know, to dare is to do or dare for Sarah. I mean, it's our... It's our club motto which mm. i i agree with you it should be our motto we should be enjoying this and we should all remember as i think you touched on earlier milo and i think as as, as we've all said you know and we said this last week we'd have bitten your hand off for this mm. position this is this is high, you know, very very exciting we would have bitten your hand off for this at the beginning of the season or even at christmas
1: yeah, we have to remember that. I mean, November the 1st, we'd, we, as you say, we would have been really happy to be in this position. Yeah. And the other yeah. thing, which is a dose of realism is, I mean, Conte himself's like six months in or something like that. I mean, Arteta's three seasons in. So, you know, um, to be where we are and to be challenging, we, I mean, it's because we're so close, that we so kind of want it, because we just think we wouldn't be in this in this in this space as we are at the moment. But I think we could.
0: It's also the Schadenfreude side. I mean, I just look at him. I, there's something about Arteta, aside from the fact he manages them, he's just so annoying. He's so annoying to watch. All his little like upstardy like you know, flouncing around with his little like you know expressions. Every ah, oh, he annoys me so much, and I just keep on thinking of. I've played it out in my mind. Like I, I've played it out this is as perversely as i've played it out i've played out that they come to ours they get something and that the amazon documentary shows them all happy thinking they've got it and then through some weird mathematical twist of fate on the last the last minute of the last game of the season a bit like when um man city had to win and man united had to win you know that title thing where that small matter of aguero scoring probably the greatest title winning goal of all time but it'd be something like that and we pip them to fourth on that, and then we and then we all get to celebrate by watching the final episode of their Amazon special. <laughs> I've played it out to those degrees. I mean, I'd rather we won the Derby and just be done with it. But you know what I mean. Oh, it's yeah, like sort of there I is hate. a little bit of that as well. I have to be honest. This is personal. I the, I mean, and it's terrifying the thought of losing out to them for fourth. I mean, I I, I hear what you're saying, Gareth. Like fifth is good, for, you know, for where we're ever. It's terrifying the thought of listening out. To that, but I will not. I'm not going to allow myself to worry that we won't. We have to. We have to do it
2: from from their point of view it would really help them with recruitment in the summer and mm, you know yeah. and and it would give us a disadvantage if we're in fourth place mm. we can offer champions league football then that's a massive help in you, know, I don't, I don't actually have uh, a lot of optimism that we'll do much in the Champions League because Conte's record in in Europe is shit. Um yeah, So yeah. you know, I wouldn't be surprised if we, you know, if we if we qualify for the Champions League, we find ourselves in the Europa League um come Christmas
1: anyway. But mm. in terms of recruitment this summer, it's really key. Yeah, and the money, I suppose, extra money, yeah. isn't it? Which is always, you know, it's not what we want and, to talk and, about. And denying them extra money. Yeah, yeah, it, We've exactly. Been doing and- very well in the last few years. So if we need to.
0: And this is part of the of of the bum trumpet that we're all, you know, that we're all the squeaky bottoms that we're all, like, sounding off. I mean, it is because it's us against them. And no Tottenham Hotspur supporter should be afraid of that. Don't be afraid of it. Embrace it and enjoy it because this is actually what football should be about. It should be about these tense run-ins, these moments, your biggest rivals, and just wanting to pip them to the post. And neck and neck, it's like this is exciting stuff. And I I do think that the energy that the fans can bring, especially at at home, is is massive. And, And so if we can all remember that and bring it home, maybe we'll be the extra point. You never know. It's possible, yeah. right? One thing, are Chelsea getting dragged into this? I know we ask this every week. I mean, it's getting a little squeaky for them, isn't it? I know that you're very, very, uh,
1: I know you're saying no. I mean, I looked. I think I looked at their fixtures earlier and they've still got some quite easy fixtures, I think. And I know you could say, well, they're not really getting results, but I think, no, I just still can't see it. They've got
2: Wolves at home, Leeds away, Leicester at home, Watford away. You said they've
0: got Leeds what? away?
2: Yeah. Wow.
0: And I that think they'll a, probably lose that's that. That's a grudge match. That's a grudge yeah.
3: match. I think, I think what Chelsea are showing is if they come up against a team who've got a real genuine motivation to win and to beat them they, they they fold but they have got some ability there and when they come up against teams like Watford who've really got nothing to play for and probably Wolves as well, they're going to get at least four points from those two games and that'll, be, a, that'll, yeah. that'll be enough for them and their goal difference is significantly better than both ours and, and Arsenal's as well so essentially that's an, that's an extra point It's a shame, I think if the season had another five or six games to run on the end of it then they could be caught cool. but I just think they've, they've They've got enough
2: on the board already. I, I do wonder whether, yeah, everything that's going off the field there is beginning to take its toll, and the players are, you know, there's this senior players that we know are leaving because their contracts are expired, and uh, they're looking to go to other clubs. There's going to be a fair degree of uncertainty, and that is going to start playing on players' minds. The other thing I wonder. Yeah, Chelsea don't don't have a great record of holding on to managers, and whether this is already the beginning of the end of Tuchel, who
3: hmm. mm, himself has a record of sticking around for a couple of years at best, and then moving yeah. on anyway.
2: Yeah, I, I, yeah, it's how much of this it's a, being a big drop off for them. You know, they're not playing well at the moment and whether that becomes terminal. We've seen it sort before, haven't we, where you get have a bad end of the season, it carries on into the next season and then it becomes a rut and a manager leaves before Christmas. Yeah. So I'm putting, down a, I'm putting down a marker there.
3: I mean, logically, if you want to put down a marker, I'm going to say logically Thomas Tuchel will be our manager by 2026. <laughs> 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 so that seems to be the pattern, doesn't it? They, they, someone goes in at Chelsea and then we, we, we get them a couple of jobs further down the line. I'd have liked him, I'd have liked him at a point, I have to
1: tell you. Also, it probably means that um, he will go because um, Man United just pointed someone else. <laughs> <Because they're> normally... <laughs> Man
0: United have already. Man United have already managed to appoint a manager that's pissed off half the dressing room before they've even got him <laughs> in the door. It's brilliant. They have a great track record. Well, anyway, okay. So Chelsea are not going to be part of this mix. It's, it is between the squeaky bum is between us and Arsenal. And look, this is going to be a weekly touchback uh, for for the final few games. I mean, that's just the way it is. And so, uh, you know, we look forward to discussing how squeaky our bottoms are again next week. Um, hopefully with no singing involved. Uh, but we do have um we 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 have a game coming up. Next weekend is a fairly big one, isn't it, against Liverpool? I mean, I think, first of all, as this pod likes to do um, when it comes to Jurgen Klopp, uh, you know, I think we'd all agree he is pound for pound best manager in world football right now and has once again done a magnificent job at Liverpool. I mean, yes, he's building a side that have had a lot of success, but he has been the reason for that success and he's built it very, very well. Um, And for me personally, um, you know, I know I said I wouldn't mention any p words because I didn't want the microphone to pop too much, but I do. There was a moment where he he and Maurizio were, were neck and neck, and you do wonder if Maurizio had got what you know what Klopp got in terms of. Uh... But anyway, this is old ground. We're just saying that Jurgen Klopp is a fantastic manager. Um, we're pre- playing probably the best team in world football next week. What do we think?
2: You know, they're a joy to watch, aren't they? Uh, in full flow, they're the best team to watch.
0: Oh, magnificent, aren't they? I mean, they really are.
2: And the other thing with Klopp, with the with the new contract he's signed, it looks like he's going to build another side. And you know, we've seen we've seen um, some smart recruitment from them over the you know, over the last few years. You know, the players they're being linked with, you know, look good. It's going to be it's going to be interesting to see what they do. So, hats off to them. They're what we should be aspire to. Yeah.
0: And I think they're what we were. We were very close at one point. They're
3: levels above. They're levels above us now.
0: Now they are. I mean, yeah. by by yeah. some way. Yeah. yeah. But there was a moment in time where I don't think yeah. that was the case.
3: Go okay, back to sort of twenty seventeen, twenty eighteen, we were Correct. probably the next cab off the rank and we we almost yes. waved them through, didn't we? That's that hot terrible summer of twenty eighteen when we didn't invest in the in the yes. squad and they did.
0: Yeah, right down to the bond the manager had with with uh, Mauricio had with us, and that he has with 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 uh, the Liverpool supporters, which is also, I think, a great thing to see in football. I mean, I've, I I think it's great.
2: Yeah. In yeah. in terms of next weekend, I mean, you know, we've still got the question down: who should play? I mean, I think there's only one change from the starting lineup we saw this weekend that any of us would make, isn't it? Really, and it's it's um, starting Dekey in place of Moura. Other other than that, it picks itself. Yeah.
3: yeah, yeah, very much. So I think my my only, my only um, optimism is that we made them really, really uncomfortable in the game at our place just before Christmas, and. I think that also, if you look at law of averages as well, over the last five years, there's been, I think, three occasions where it's been one all going into about the last five minutes or so. On on each occasion, we've had a really, really good chance to win it, and it's been a matter of inches that hasn't. And then on, on, they've gone down the other end and scored on them. So perhaps law on average, on law of averages alone, um, we are due to get something up there again. This is subject to the Titanic um, sinking again.
2: And I think that. Um it's the kind of opponent that suits us. I mean, we did play for it. Yeah. You know, their game, yes. the game against them at our place is one of our best performances of the season. And, you know, you'd add in the, probably the two games against city to that. And, you know, generally yep. speaking, um, they're going to, they're going to attack us. They're, there's going to be space for us to, to attack into. Um, we know that we're going to spend a lot of the time playing, you know, lining up, you know, five, four, one. We know that that's how we're going to be, but, yeah, we, everyone needs to, for us, needs to be at the top of their game. And if everyone's at the top of their, their game, then we've got a chance because we're dangerous
1: on the break. I was just going to say, what well, do, do you think? you think we'll kind of roll pretty similar to the City games, you think, maybe, where we are kind of playing on the counter attack? I mean, I don't know if Gareth, I know this, I don't know if I'm misremembering, but didn't, isn't it the home game where they literally had no one in midfield because Milner played and some kid played, or is that last season?
3: And we I don't think had... Van Dyke
1: played either. Was that the home what? game?
3: I, I mean, all, all I remember is that we were we were really hamstrung that game. That was the game when we played five three two, and we played Winks with Ndombele and and Deli yeah. alongside him in a in a three. So Hoiberg was out and Skip was out. Yeah. I've got a feeling Winks was out as well. So we really had very very limited options. Yeah. Um, I think they were the same. Yeah,
1: that's why. Yeah. But, yeah. Um,
3: so we didn't have Winks out. I just said that he, he, he plays in it, but it was it was when COVID was really getting its, its grips on lots of squads, wouldn't it? There were lots of outbreaks yeah. at the time. So I think a lot of teams were unsettled in that yeah. game. But yeah, we, we we certainly made them very, very uncomfortable in that yeah. game. And it felt like we had a bit of a plan. Um Played Salah really, really well in that game. I, I think he stayed outside the width of the penalty area That's pretty right, much yeah. for the whole game and couldn't impact it at all. Mm. So maybe there is a formula there.
0: Their midfield that day was Milner, Morton and Cater. So, I mean, they still had two, you know, fairly good. We had Ndombele, Winks and Deli Alley,
2: which, I mean, <laughs> I mean, unthinkable today,
0: isn't it?
1: Sounds like another era. <laughs> That's why I thought it might have been last season. That's why I said yeah. it. Yeah,
2: yeah. I've got some good news for you, Gareth. I'm not sure whether you caught this on the news, but uh, back in March, uh, Shackleton's ship, the Endurance, was found in Antarctica 107 years after it sank. So <laughs> um, <laughs> so there you go. You've got, fa- you got a famous shipwreck for you.
3: There you go. When, when did it sink?
2: Uh, 170 <laughs> years ago.
3: Was that 1915? Looking at result, I've got, I've got, I've got my plate up here. Oh, <laughs> the closest game: at Anfield, Liverpool seven, Tottenham two, October oh, 1914. Uh, <laughs> <well>. <laughs> but that's 1914, not 1915. Didn't play him, well. he we played him at home in 1915 and drew one all.
0: So I, I, so I, there we go. I see. I think it's going to be a draw. I think we're going to get a draw up there. I really do. I mean, as 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 good as Liverpool are. And let's face it, on paper, they should beat us. But as you said, Milo, the perfect opposition for us, really. They're not going to modify their game. They're not going to try and, you know, shut us down. They're going to challenge us, you know, stop us if you can. And we are an excellent counter-attacking side. I've, I can see another 2-2 draw on the cards here easily. I think there's going to be goals for sure.
1: And, and um, I think at Anfield, we've definitely, we've had some really good, to and fro games with them. And it's not, great it's, not like when we, it's not like when we turn out at Chelsea and you just think, oh my God, this is just... Mm. They're going for the league. So they're going to be, you know, they could get a bit twitchy yeah. if the game gets a bit yeah. open. Or a oh, bit... yeah. And they're playing midweek. Yeah. yeah.
2: I'm also going to
0: throw in, I believe it's, was it 56 games, I think was the statistic. And if I've got that wrong, uh please feel free to hit our social media and let us know you've got this wrong with the right number. But I think it's 56 games since Liverpool last had a penalty given against them at Anfield. And so what better a day for that to happen than this Saturday? So I'm going to go for a draw and a penalty in there for us. I think it's going to happen. I'm going to I'm going to go 2-2. Two, two. I'm putting my head right on the block. 2-2. Two, two. I say 2-2. Two, two. Anyone want to go with a score prediction here? I know you love a, oh, I won't even crack that joke because you hate them. You hate predictions. I know, Milo. So I won't even go to you.
1: Uh, Ricky? No, I'm not predicting. Predi- not, not after Gareth's prediction earlier on. Nailed on fifth. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Right. Well. Okay. Well then, let that let that stand. I'm the only one who's prepared to. Uh, I'm the only one prepared to uh, predict uh, to dare is to do two two draw. You know, I might even find myself before we stop recording talking myself into a cheeky three two victory there. So uh, <laughs> we should probably get going, shouldn't we?
3: <laughs> I mean, yeah.
0: Let's get going. Let's get going, chaps, and say we will be back next week to talk about that game against Liverpool and the uh, cheeky uh, last minute winner we're now going to score, and some other top notch Tottenham natter. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram. So give us a follow. Say hello. I'm getting everything out of sync. Goodbye, chaps. Goodbye. See you later. See you later. If you like this pod, please remember to subscribe and leave a review on your podcast player of choice. Don't forget to tell your friends. And what do we have to do, Milo? In song <laughs> form on Saturday. A
2: win away, no a 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 win no away, ah. a win away, no a win away. No no
0: <laughs> Squeaky bottoms tonight. Thank you for joining us. <laughs>